have this friendly against Latvia, which is a little bit of a nothing game. It could be interesting that game now if it is the case that this is when Evan Ferguson starts and maybe that's his chance. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. Welcome back to Monday Night's Off the Ball. Richie McCormick here with you. The fallout continuing from Crow Park yesterday and that uh, contentious finale to the All-Ireland Club football final between Kilmaco Croaks and Glen. Of course, another All-Ireland Club hurling title for Ballyhale Shamrocks who beat Dunloy. And the retirements today from Intercounty Football, at least anyway, of Kerry's David Moore. And to chat through all of that, we're joined by the Irish examiner's Morris Brosnan. Morris, welcome back to the show. Um, we'll start with the Kilmacud Glen situation because I, I think that's obviously the most up in the air one at the moment. We've heard umpteen stances on it, not least of which was Joe Brawley's just before the break. What's the next feasible step that's going to happen here? What's the most likely outcome that we're going to see from all of this in your estimation? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. And I, I would love to give you kind of a definitive answer around it. But I do think that part of the problem in Part, like I heard yourself and Mick kind of disagreeing about the, the likely outcome there earlier. And I think part of the problem in a situation like this is that you, there's three tenants to this debate, right? Mm. Like there is the stuff that Joe was very well outlined there a second ago about that there's the technical side of this. There's like, you know, precedence within the rule book, there's other circumstances we've seen previously. Um, that, so all that stuff does, definitely does feed into it. I actually think there's there's a huge emotional element of this that feeds into both the, the reality of it, the reporting of it, I would say. I do think people are... Uh, and I would say this off the bat, like I do think people are coloured in their view of Kilmacud because of the Jim Walsh saga. I don't want to really get that here, but there definitely is an element of that. There's a perception that people view it particularly as unfavourable that they might have got the benefit of this decision given the advantage they already had with Jim Walsh. And that is a part of it, like whether you like it or not, that is definitely a part of the commentary around us right now. And then there's the, the final thing, which I think is probably actually the most important thing and probably something we rush to, to overlook maybe in trying to you know, get to the bottom of it. And that's the, there's the individual end of all this. Like, I do think it is probably worth stressing that this is a total mess. It is obviously a mess. It is a desperately unfair situation on a lot of people, not the least of which Kilmacud, by the way, like for a guy like Conor Ferris and this fantastic redemption story. And that's exactly what, that should be the main takeaway for all of us. That's what I would love to be <laughs> talking to you about right now. Um, and instead of that, we're kind of caught in the weeds of a situation where they don't really know the likely outcome. That, uh, by all accounts, it's in Glenn's, uh, it's in their park in terms of what they're going to do with it. And I would just stress as well, you know, you're, you're asking me like, what's the likely outcome? Mm. We should know. Like we should, I don't, I think sometimes people kind of rush to a front blame and point at the GA and, you know, all the whims and wonderful and the things that they've done wrong. But in a situation like this, I do think there, it is, there is a thought, you do need to show a small, an element of leadership and come out and not leave it up to clubs. And such like this. I actually think this is a, this is a historic problem. I do, I do think a, a, a large element of the violence we saw around crowds and refereeing, which play, was an absolute plague in 2022. Belatedly, we heard from the GA president there, we didn't hear anything from the director general. We would have previously under Park Duffy, but we didn't hear anything in that circumstance. And that puts Glenn, who met today by all accounts, to, to sit and discuss what they're going to do in a really uncomfortable situation and trying to evaluate, do they think they would have scored in that last play? How much of an influence did it have? They're trying to get into the weeds of all this stuff, like all the, well, I've just outlined to you, this technical, individual, emotional stuff, they're trying to navigate all that when they shouldn't have to. This should be, somebody should take that out of hands to, to my mind. Yeah, GA Club Championship, of course, and Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Coe All-Ireland Club Championships. Check out hashtag the toughest. Um, for more, <clears throat> setting aside the emotional element of it is, is obviously 
what needs to happen here. But as you mentioned there, the GEA needs to show leadership here. I, I find it absolutely, I'm absolutely incredulous that the GEA have left this in the hands of Glenn to come back and say, well, if ye have a problem with it, then we'll go and do something about it. But other than that, we would, the, the notion is then that if they don't, the GEA would see no issue as a body with what happened yesterday, which kind of negates them having rules around this scenario to begin with. And even that rule, as a 6.44, as Joe points out, is really ambiguous in terms of the, I don't want to say punishments, but the action that they can take as a result of it, which is either forfeiture of the game, a replay of the game, or a fine under the, under certain circumstances. And I don't think, and I'm open to correction here, that it sets out what those circumstances are or what circumstances would have to be met for either a forfeiture, a replay, or a fine. And that's a problem. It is a huge problem. And even the reality that we're waiting, like, to spell this out, we're waiting until Wednesday to hear if they've lodged an appeal. Well, then we're here within 24 hours, it's going to be a hearing. And the latest indicators are if there is going to be a replay, that's going to be on Saturday night. Like, after the emotional high of this final, after teams being, I'm sure both teams were on the beer last night, regardless of the, the yeah. follow up for all this, like, all that is, is feeding into it as well. I do think, Glenn, as well, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a jump immediately when Malachi O'Rourke came on after the game and said, made a very valid point that he thought they were. They're beaten by a better team. For what it's worth, I agree with him. Like I do think that that was the like the outcome was kind of a good win. But then you're going to get caught between a rock and a hard place, which is that like do Glenn sit down today in that boat? And I'm sure they're aware of the the idea that they need to take the what would be an admired stance and take their medicine, so to speak. The, the flip side of that is that you know that leaves you with no All Ireland medal, and there's always the what if about what would have happened in, with that last play. We saw what happened to Kilmacud to the last play last year, so it's not like it was be, totally beyond the realms of possibility. I, I think it's a very it's a it's a horrible situation that Glenn finds himself in. I actually think it, there's I do, I do have as I was stressed again a lot of sympathy for Kilmacud. I think they're in a particular situation as well. This was a an officiating mess. Stuff like this used to happen all the time. You know, you go back. Like I'm, and I'm sure you know, as as been outlined by a lot of people, like you can go back to throughout the the noughties, there was there was Nafina brought a case in front of the High Court about an extra substitution. Um, I read in the Irish Examiner archives this morning that when Boyne played uh, Navan O'Malley's in 2005 in the Me Championship, that game went to there was an, an extra sub was brought on an extra time there, so a four instead of three. Uh, that that by the way, that was Robbie Brennan's done Boyne. Yeah, that game was appealed. It was offered back to. Uh, they actually were offered a replay and Dunboyne said took a walkover and they were thrown out. So there's precedence in, in all that regard. I think the, the most likely outcome if Glenn did decide to take umbrage with it would be a replay, I would say likely this weekend. But it just is, it, it leaves a sour taste around what should have been a great weekend. Loads of much better stories, a lot of things that I would much rather be talking to you about right, right now, to be honest. All right, well, let's talk about one of them because one of them is the continued uh, kind of... Uh, amazing nature of Ballyhale Shamrocks as yeah. a club and what they have consistently managed to achieve at the top end of club hurling beating Dunloy not a day for green and gold let's be honest uh, at Crow Park yesterday beating Dunloy <laughs> 122 to 15 spurred on by Owen Cody um, but what they managed to regenerate over and over again at that club much like I guess under uh, Cody's stewardship of Kilkenny as in general is just simply remarkable and, and really is worth lauding absolutely yeah it's what, you know, I was talking to Will and Ashling on the, the Club Championship show last week and I made the point that, I'm talking about Gaelic football now, but you go back to like 20 years ago, let's say, and you kind of had one-off success fairly regularly. You know, I, you'd point it on Gweltucht, uh, played Caltra in a, in a final, that sort of stuff. Clubs who kind of came, wouldn't have had as much success afterwards. You know, I mean, even in their own county, some of these clubs went down to intermediate. A similar thing you could actually say, to a certain extent, was there in hurling. You know, I look at clubs like De La Salle, St. Joseph's, Durham, Airfield, um, 
Lock Ray from Galway. These clubs who kind of came, had a bit of sprinkling success and went nowhere. And around the same time, anyway, Burr won in 2003. They won their fourth All-Ireland. And it's just interesting, you read back in the quotes in there and Padre Whelan was a manager at Burr at the time and he came out and said, what an incredible achievement. Like, amazing thing it is to wake up tomorrow morning and say we're the only club in Ireland with four All-Irelands. And that was, you know, you're talking about, that's what in my lifetime is like, you know, that's yeah. not that long ago. And then you come to this Valley Hill team and what they've done really since 2007. You know, there is, I, I do think you kind of need to divorce the, the 1981 success of that and as great as it was from what happened since 2007 and to win six All-Irelands in that spell is absolutely remarkable. And, and it, you know, the making of that empire as well is particularly interesting, their, their ability to regenerate it. One thing I find like really admirable is kind of the, the collective mentality, the stuff that they put pride in that seems to stand for them time and time again. Uh, it's about about three weeks ago, Galway GA had um had a press conference out in Lockray, and you know sometimes Riches, I'm sure you know, you kind of go through the stuff with kind of a preconceived notion in your head of questions you're going to ask for a piece that you'll you'll bank and you'll use later on. Mm-hmm. So like Connor Cooney from St Thomas's had nailed his freeze. I was working on a piece about free taking. Decided I'd ask Henry Sheffin about that. About all I wanted to ask him was about the very end of the Galway County final this year. St Thomas is actually one of five in a row as well, and. Uh, Conor Cooney nailed two late frees. So I asked Henry Sheffield about that. And he went off on a, a, like a really long, the most lengthy answer of any he gave in that press conference, talking about all the other stuff. That was not, his takeaway from that game was nothing to do with that. He started talking about this insane hunger that was within that club. He drew parallels to the Ballyhay, the exact same way that it managed to regenerate their collective mentality, the, the desire to keep going again and again, like talking to these guys and seeing how hungry they are to maintain that level every single year. And I thought it was interesting that for one reason or the other, you know, Henry Sheffern was not going to give a tee up and praise the freeze. That was not the, the stuff that he put any value in, really, to be honest. What he put value in was everything else that comes with that. Yeah. And I definitely see this, that's a throughout Valhiel all the while. That has been a, a constant team. And like to, to go, I don't know about you, that 50th minute when uh, I think it was a point at the, at the margin at that 50th minute. And you're starting to think back on last year and what happens in how would that affect their mentality? And they just, I think they rattled off the next seven of our nine scores. Like they were just ultra cool down the straight there and uh, champions do what champions do. When you've got a, <clears throat> a spine of a team that's essentially Joey Holden, Richie Reid, Paddy Mullen, TJ Reid and Colin Fennelly, you're going to be okay, I think, more yeah. often than not really as well. I mean, they they really have a superb tranche of players and have that ability to regenerate them as well. Listen, we're, time's against us and it feels really unfair to try and pack this into three minutes, but David Moran as well announcing his retirement from inter-county football today. It almost seems mad to me that he only has two All-Stars to his name. Such has been the consistency of his performance down through the last decade plus for Kerry. Just really a superb player in midfield for them the last decade. Yeah, this is, um, to be honest, this is one I would get. Like, this is my uh, emotional vote. I would, I would like to give an award for services to football for David Moran. Particularly because, like Richie, you have to put it in context. You, his first All Star comes in 2014, and yeah. that is, you know, against uh, that as an iconic the double against Mayo. But you can't just look at the the raw materials. You have to put in context, just like for a second, bring your mind back and think about where the sport was in 2014. Like think, this is the year that the black card was had to be introduced that year because of cynical fouling. The average margin in the provincial finals that year was 9.5 points. Uh, it was there was pay limitations of Jimmy Guinness's blanket defense everywhere. Like it was desperate. It was we were stuck in a dark age, and the one kicking light, literal kicking light at that time, is David Moore, who was just absolutely adamant. He's going to kick the ball, kick and catch. He's going to play get a football the way we all want to play. He's going to be proactive about it. When everybody else is inhibited by fear, he's the guy who's coming forward to kick the ball, and he does. So that's 2014. He uh, iconic performances, uh, era defining games against Mayo. 
And you fast forward five years later, Donna Fitzgerald Stadium, it was the this was the anointing of the king. David Clifford comes out and he wins the services. You know, it was kicked seven points against Mayo in the first round of the Super Eights. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah. But the same day, David Moran, again, again against Mayo, in the first half, he kicked 11 kick passes in the first half. 100% actually, every single kick pass went forward. He never once went backwards in that game. In the entire game, he had 17 kick passes. Only twice did he go backwards. One was back to his goalkeeper. The other was a crossfield ball that ended in Paul Ganey's goal. So it's not just about, it's what he did for gay football as well as, as what he achieved. I actually do think there's there's a lesson in the fact that you can point to mistakes, like fairly significant mistakes that he, that he made. Uh, I think back in the, the semi-final this year when he gave away the ball for, before coming across his goal, I think back in the, he was stripped for Dean Rock's equaliser in the draw in 2019. But the whole point is that it was the, this obsession with being perfect and absolute excellence that ended up in this nonsense retention and mindless play. And he was he was he was not flawless, but he was finesse. Like he was just pure and utter Gaelic football that should be played, excellent throughout. It kind of took into account those mistakes. So uh, I think you know two all stars it does only scratch the surface of yeah. the legacy that David Moore left for, for Gaelic football. Yeah, a, a remarkable football like standard bearer. One of these we talk about it in Monday Night Rugby here, like in terms of Gary Ringrose, it's like one of these players. It's very rare you get less than a seven or eight out of ten from him. And Moran was certainly one of those players. I think you could always rely on him to be one of your top three players in whatever game it was going to be. And despite encountering like dreadful setbacks, you know, you go to yeah. 2011, he does his ACL, he does it, he actually does it again in a club training session in 2012, injures his retina at the time. I think Amos Morris actually sat down and said, you know, if there's if you're banking up bad luck here, you deserve to win the lottery because of everything he'd gone through. That's he comes back and wins his first All-Star in 2014. You can actually fast forward again, you know, he comes back from fairly considerable difficulties with his hip abductor throughout this year. Yeah. Um Jack O'Connor openly admitted before the quarterfinal, after the auto quarterfinal this year, where he kicked two points against Mayo, he was one of Kerry's best players that they had written off the idea that he would play 17 minutes again. They didn't think he had it in him and he proved them wrong once more. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of fitting that, you know, that the, he, he bowed out. That was his best game again against Mayo, actually, uh, for Kerry this year. He, you know, at Strand Road, our Kearns or Athletes will no doubt benefit. We saw the, yeah. again, going back to these tenants of kick, uh, kick and catch that he showed it, like with just excellence in Co Park in the semi final. That, that's going nowhere. But yeah, I do think. It's it's both he did he did a great service for Gaelic football. He kind of carried a torch at a time when uh, a lot of us were sick counting handpass after yeah. handpass after handpass. Uh, Morris Brosnan from the Examiner, thanks so much for for taking time out to speak to us this evening. We'll watch on with interest in what happens between Kilmacud and Glen and the GEA uh, over the next week or so. But for now, thank you. The GEA Club Championship on off the ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the football hurling and Camogie All Ireland Club Championships. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We will have Monday Night Rugby after this. 